West USA, welcome to another edition of our Monday morning webinar. It's probably been, let's see, 35 years maybe that I can say I'm really excited about the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> That's been That's my favorite team, right and, and man, so pretty excited about football right now. But anyway, except the Cardinals suck, but that's moving right along. Uh, take a little sneak peek of what we got coming up today. Of course, we got Todd Menard here to give us a look at the numbers. Matt Baker's going to jump on, give us our mortgage minute. And then really the theme for the next four weeks, Talking about listers, how, how to work with sellers, how to market stale listings. Um, I'm getting calls left and right from agents, clients, everything. You're like, what's going on? What's going on? So I'm going to talk. I'm going to provide three tips to communicating with sellers in our current market. And of course, we have our top producer Charles Barrett. He's in the house. We're going to talk about um, his approach to putting brand new listings on the market uh, and getting them ready to sell. And as always got any comments or questions, please feel free to email us at webinar at westusa.com. Ton of announcements, so let's jump right into it. All right, tomorrow from 1030 to 12 at the Chandler office, special class with I found agent. I just, it's, I feel like a broken record. Attend, check out the website, check out the premium website. It is, uh, and then one of these days I'm going to show what we're doing. We're, we've added a new element to our I found agent website and it's really doing well for us as far as generating leads. Uh, we got a special class in person. Oh, breakfast provided up here. Mm, that's right. That's right next to me. I might be there tomorrow <laughs> from nine to 10 o'clock. Uh, homesteading laws. So there's been some changes with the homesteading laws. A little law that Governor Ducey signed into law last year really making an impact. So really uh, get yourself uh, familiar with the homesteading law. So that's coming up tomorrow at nine o'clock here at the corporate office. Todd's got his next CE class, three hours of legal issues. That will be remote. That is coming up on Wednesday. Instagram, for those of you that want to do the whole IG thing, it still escapes me, but I probably should attend this class. But uh, Keith Flynn's doing an intermediate level Instagram class coming up this Wednesday from 1 to 2. This will be virtual as well. And as always, all of these events can be found on the calendar. Just go to your dashboard. Uh, broker Roundtable coming up Thursday from 10 to 11. This is a virtual as well. So hang out with, uh, well, my three favorite brokers, uh, Susan, Kyle, and Dean. So that's coming up this Thursday from 10 to 11. All right. House Wars um, coming up this uh, this Thursday, I believe. Why, why can't they just put the date hey, of the yeah. week on I'm going to talk to American Title about this one. <laughs> yes, yeah. please. Uh, but anyways. Uh, it's a lunch and learn, just talking about uh, divorce real estate. What happens uh, with divorces and, and, and how do you handle that as a listing agent or a buyer's agent or so forth? This is the only time that I really love those uh, those those knives. What do you call the Cutco? The Cutco knives. Let one party take care of the other party. And then now you only have one party to deal with. But that's a lunch and learn. I don't think you're going to learn that this coming up Thursday, but that is uh, from 1130 to 1 uh, in the surprise office. Unless USA Broker does not condone that. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> that's just a mic thing. All right. And then an in-person Keith Flynn's going to be in person at the North Phoenix office meeting this Thursday. Thursday. So I, I'm sure he's going to be talking about social media and digital marketing. Uh, a couple uh, West USA Mesa office meeting is coming up this Friday with Brad Mortensen and Bob Stevens. So definitely make sure that you are there. And as always, doesn't matter what office you hang your license out of, you are invited to all of these events. And then uh, next Saturday, uh, this coming up Saturday, I should say, the big breast cancer awareness concert uh, hosted by uh, Carlos Cicero. So definitely get signed up for that. There's still some tables, some tickets available. Uh, and so reach out to Carlos and get some more information about that. All right, Todd, what is going on in the market? Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to go over the Metro Phoenix market statistics for the week ending September 26th and the week prior. 
Taking a look at the numbers, we have 48 days closed on market, a month's supply of 3.7. We have an absorption rate at 27%, average list price at 682, average sale price at 512, and our list price to sale price retention is at 97.55. Taking a look at uh, active inventory, 20,391 is what we have right now. Uh, pending is sitting at 3,610. And closed units month to date are at just over 4,000. New listings this past week, better, much better, up 13%. We took 2,233 listings this past week. Um, that certainly increased the uh, inventory that was necessary. Uh, days on market sitting at 80.6 and closed at 0.48. What's happening in the inventory? Well, under 500,000 climbed just a little bit over the 53% to 54.57. Um, they're averaging 55 days on market uh, for those properties. Properties. And as you can see by the price ranges, each range has its number of units available, days on market, and the percentage of the entire inventory. Just in case you're looking at or working with someone and you're in a particular price range, you know, it's nice to have 20,000 units, but it's even better to know there's 4,451 of them that are in competition with you uh, price wise. Taking a look at the $500 million price uh, market, we're at 34.9% uh, of the entire inventory. Uh, that is pretty much uh, where a lot of the market. Markets taking place right now between that 399 and uh, 599 price range. So those two, you can see 24.98% of the entire MLS inventory, and then 15%. Those are some pretty big categories. Taking a look at a million dollars and up, we're sitting at 10.5. That's pretty common for what's been going on in the marketplace. So our spreadsheet gives us the right to, or not the right, but the opportunity to compare numbers week over week, month over month, and year over year, just at a glance. And so the very center of the column looks is representing 20. 2019. What was this? What took place on the same week in 2019? Just to the left of that, 2021 SW. What took place last year, same week? And then, of course, the two columns to the left is this past week and the week prior. So, looking at these 2200, yeah, that was that. That's better than 1965. But what do we we use these other two columns, the last year and the three years ago, as kind of a benchmark? If we're not in that similar range, understanding what took place during those particular periods. Uh, then we can extrapolate from that. Are we are we better? Are we not as good? Where are we in the marketplace? So we got a green ticker because 2200 is close to 24, it, and it's higher than 1965. But we're really looking for that 2400 plus number. A couple of years ago, we did two over 2000, but we did better this past week, and that's what's important to know is that more sellers are putting their property on the market today than they did a year ago, and then they did three years ago. So that's a good sign. Peace sellers are not concerned right now. Well, they are, but they're not. Uh, they are coming out in greater numbers. 20,391 is the inventory right now, active inventory. We are just over 20,171. Obviously, inventory is taking off. 614 of those coming soon. 17,000 of those uh, single family detached. 2,300 new home construction properties. Um, and again, that leaves us with 20,357 single family non distressed uh, properties out there in the market. Uh, short sales, everybody's still a little concerned about that, don't be. We're still well under two-tenths of 1%. Uh, a half of 1% is might be considered normal inventory, uh, and we're just not there. That's not happening. Uh, so we look at pending, 3,610. We use pending to identify the temperature of the marketplace. How many people, sellers or buyers, are meeting, coming to the meeting of the minds and actually opening escrow? 3,610 this past week. Well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is slide your eyes to the right. A year ago, we we're at 5,500 almost, 5,465. Uh, three years ago, we were at over 5,000. So when we're looking at these numbers, um, and we and again slide drives even further to right look at 2021 August in the blue 8,900 people in escrow at any one time of that month basically what we're saying is we're about 2,000 1,800 buyers short of where we really need to be. Uh, we need more people in the marketplace. And why aren't they in the marketplace? Well, it's the end of the season. It's the beginning of the of the second home season, uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, but but again, it's, it's interest rate scare, uh, all those different types of things. This is our job. This is, if, if I'm going to pinpoint any market statistic today, it's going to be, we need to get more people into the marketplace. It's buyers that we have to help convert and, and make them understand the marketplace. We closed 4,038 so far. That's down about 30% from last year. Um, so again, uh, very, very 
it's commonplace that we're, we're about 26 to 28 uh, percent behind last year. Looking at month's supply, 3.7, it's nice to say we got over 3.7. Three would be a little better number, but we need to have those pending units to be able to accomplish that. But three months supply is a lot better than one month supply uh, like it was a year ago. Sale prices are continuing to fluctuate. They're, they're a lot capricious. They're much more capricious, even the average list price. You know, one month we're sitting at 640, the next one or one week, the next week we're at 680. Uh, you know, this goes up and down. A couple of years ago, we we're at 560. Um, average sale price sitting at 512,586, down a little from 541 the week before. Uh, so again, you can see some of these numbers and somebody saying, oh my gosh, the prices are going ridiculous. No, they're not. They're actually settling in. Uh, so th the market is really, of all the economies Arizona has seen, it's difficult to understand, but transparency-wise, this is one of the best markets we've been in in a very long time. Uh, interest rates are going up, but for an investor, and that's kind of the temperature that you use. If investors are buying properties at six percent, and the and the appreciation is at four and a half percent, there's your sign. Take a look at uh, list price and sale price retention, 97.55. Uh, this is right in the sweet spot. So numbers-wise, this is making a lot of sense. And so all of the numbers, if anybody has any question about these numbers, if you'd like me to expand a little bit, I know I come go really, really quickly during the numbers. Uh, but just give me a call. Reach out to me. Uh, there's a number of different ways you can do so. Obviously, these are the different ways you can find us on, uh, find the report tomorrow and a few days after. Every Tuesday, we update Alexa. Uh, but again, for me, the best way for you to take a look at these, if you to share them with your consumers is looking at the westusayoutube.com uh, channel uh, and make sure that you get uh, and share that one with them. So, Mike, that's what I got this week. All right. Appreciate it as always. All right. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Matt Baker into the conversation. Matt Baker uh, reached out to us this morning. Apparently, he had a little flat tire, so he's remote. Hopefully, he's not on the side of the road of the freeway uh, tuning in. For <laughs> Check. I'm live, and, uh, and you got my face if you can see it, but... Uh... Well, let's 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 jump in. Um, you know, I'm like the the Grinch that stole Christmas here. Uh, you know, rates rates are on the way up, uh, and they've gone up even more this week over week. You know, I, I think the the overarching theme here is just super volatile. Um, you know, the the fear now is that you know the, what's the Fed going to do? Are they going to continue to press? Um, you know, the, the stock market has not only been hammered, but if you follow the the treasuries at all, you'll see that they're up, you know, pr pretty significantly week over week. Um, I would say that we're firmly in the high sixes, low sevens, depending on credit score uh, and down payment. I, I think that's the firm reality. Um, and yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we were probably in the high fives, low sixes. And dating back to July, we, we were definitely still in the fives and we've moved up pretty significantly, which I know we've just started to kind of feel that people are coming around on interest rates and kind of realizing like, well, I can always buy now and refi later, which is still which is still what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, the, obviously the fear there is, is you know, how, how much will they continue to go up? Well, I, I can't really answer that. My crystal ball is a little foggy, but I do want us to follow up with the next slide and really talk about inflation, because this is really the root of it all. Um, and I, I think it's just a good reminder of, of where inflation is and how it all works. So we have month over month numbers, at, right, of inflation numbers. And so in August, it was 0.1, which replaced the August of 0.3, right? So then at, you know, next month is 0.4 and, and, and so forth. October is 0.9. Um, so uh, we'll be we'll be right that you know so so in october we're gonna it's gonna be replaced in november um with the new october number so if you look at like october november december january kind of track all the way through and even that february march number you're gonna see a pretty large uh you know drop off even a, a typical um recession type number is like a 0.1 percent month over month inflation growth so that really, I mean, talk about fast forward, we could essentially be cutting our inflation number in half by the spring. So if you kind of can see the light at the end of the tunnel here, and you can kind of see where, how the numbers get breaking up, it, you know, it, it, it bodes to say, you know, hey, look, yes, it, it's a, you know, it, it's going to hurt for a little while. But if you can kind of see that, like, gosh, we could be, and remember, inflation comes down, rates come down. I think that's that's a given that that connection that link is 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 what it is so 
um, just be prepared for that. And then if you kind of fast forward to the next slide, you know, I did want to talk about the Fed. The Fed met, you know, they, they raised rates three quarters of a point. The market reacted sort of negatively. I think the big mission here or the big um, overarching theme is, 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 you know, hard versus soft landing. And it's caused the interest rates to be super volatile. Um, you know, just when you think that like, hey, we did what the Fed said they were going to do, you know, you, you got to move right in, right? Well, you know, the market didn't react that way. So, you know, it, it's taken a beating this week. And, you know, starting off Monday today, the market's off even further. So I would just continue to, to press that, like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel here. Um, and, and, and then comments Fed, Fed uh, Chairman Powell made about the housing basically says we're in a housing reset. You know, you can dissect that however you want. The market's already dissecting it. Housing reset is here, and, and, that's, and that's good for housing long term. Uh, obviously, you can make the argument either way but um if you go to the next slide sort of sums up sort of what some of the fed comments were talking about uh and then you know so you know the really the feds is a dual mandate right maintains maximum employment and stable prices but as long as the inflation remains above the feds two percent target Powell said that the latter will be their most important focus so that's bringing down inflation that's their their very you know very granular focus on that which if you then you know, take it out, the Fed's theory is that a, a balanced housing market will help push the economy slower because it's all the ancillary businesses around it, right? It's the moving companies, it's the new construction, it's all the, the supply chain issues can some can get worked out with lower, you know, lower demand in that in that case. So even though they're saying, you know, I think the, the housing market is gonna be a little bit of a, um, you know, kind of a sacrificial lamb, if you will, uh, for the next six months as we try to really leverage through this next, you know, sort of Fed period. Um, you know, the, again, a, a good quote I saw was since April, we've been communicating to clients that the Fed's intention were to throw housing demand kind of under the bus as the sacrificial lamb to help bring inflation under control. And so, you know, we, we experienced a really good run the last couple of years, and we're going to experience a little bit of pain. I think the big message, and you mentioned it, um, Todd, too, is, is getting out there and talking to buyers about demand, about what the benefits are from an economic standpoint, from a, uh, you know, you can always buy now. Remember, date the rate uh, and, and, and marry the house. You know, the house uh, rates are short term, but the house is what you want. Go get it, uh, regardless of where the market is. And, you know, rates will follow lower in the future. But that's what I got for the day. All right. Appreciate it, Matt. Um, when, when do the feds meet again? I want to show up. <laughs> yeah, November now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. That, sounds like, that sounds like a fun time with those guys. All yeah, right. right. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, Matt Baker. As always, there is the Bookspan Baker uh, team difference. So, hey, it leads into, uh, Todd, a lot of uh, conversations right now about listings yep. and stale listings and what do we do about listings and for agents that got their licenses within the last three to four <laughs> years they don't know yeah, what no the heck is. to make out of this like to me this is like the good old days right you know i, I went and looked at a home uh, on friday uh you know my wife and i were going to pick up another investment property because for us you know and especially talking to investors and or buyers um, i like the higher interest rates because i'm going to get a lot better deal on the house but it was really nice i went to take a look at it took my time putting together an offer <laughs> you, you know there wasn't this rush and and really making that seller feel the pain of when's this thing going to come in and oh yeah i think i take the furniture i think i'll take it's great it's like the good old days yeah, right exactly so but with that is is creating problems in and having communications with our sellers and and we're doing a four-week series now just on how to list homes in this market, how to have conversations with your sellers, how to market stale listings and so forth. And so Charles is going to join us in a few minutes, but I thought I would just introduce this whole thing right now, Todd, and just talking about communicating with sellers. So number one, uh, you have to be candid. You, you can't be shy about having tough conversations about sellers, about why their home is sitting on the market for so long about having those candid conversations that you are way over market value and, and so forth. So do not sugarcoat things. Uh, you know, for, for us, I feel like candidness exudes confidence. 
And if you are candid with your clients and, and not shying away from tough conversations, it's going to exude confidence. They're going to have confidence in you that you know what you're talking about. Clients want the facts about what's going on in the market. They don't want to BS. They, they need to know what's going on. And I feel like, you know, sellers are respecting the candidness and, expect, and respecting the candid conversations. They want to they want you to take control of the scenario and want you to take control of the dialogue. Yeah, let's take a look first at what a real estate agent's job is. It's to provide historical evidence to the consumer. Your, your experience, uh, when you show your very first house and then you go to show your second house, at the first house you didn't have anything to compare it to. So you're probably like, oh, isn't this pretty? Look at the size of this bedroom. Oh, here's the bath. You know, you get to the second house, you can now compare the second house to the first one, the third one to the first two, and so forth. You've been doing it for 20 years. You've got 10,000 properties under your belt that you've seen. It's a little different story. Well, when you've lived through these cycles, and this is the third cycle since uh, 1991 um, that we're uh, that realtors have lived through, um, you'll see some very similarities between the different markets, and you're able to identify where we're at in those cycles and really what to tell your client. Mike, remember uh, just five months ago, uh, there wasn't even such a, a, a terminology in our marketplace of an adjustable rate mortgage or a two-one buy-down. But today, those are common conversations that we have I, to I have. I had to answer consumer. questions from ages. You know. How do I how do I write that into a contract? Yeah. Two-one buy-down. Two-one. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a lot of years. Well, that, that's true. It has. But again, it gives us you. It gives you the confidence. And so, going to the you know, to the fact of candidness exudes confidence, you know, we give you those tools. That's what we try to do with the market stats. Uh, that's what we try to do with each of the different three packs. And uh, it's really to arm you so that when you go out to the consumers, you have something to say um, and that you can rely back on it and, uh, you know, uh, on the reliance of the data of what's really going on in the market. Because the consumers are listening to national news. Yeah. All right. So uh, number two, over communicate. You cannot over communicate with a buyer or seller in any market right now. But I am telling you, um, you know, I, I love that. I forgot what movie theater had that slogan, silence is golden. And, and I tried to implement that at my house, especially before nine with my <laughs> wife. I'm like, listen, baby, silence is golden. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to talk. Uh, but when it comes down to a real estate transaction, silence going dark, not being responsive is one of the worst things you can do. You cannot ghost your clients. You cannot over uh, communicate with them. If you can be candid with them, explain what's going on in the market, um, they will still they will still be with you. The, the moment that you go silent, the moment that you're not willing to have those tough conversations with them is the moment that they start thinking about firing you and, and replacing you um, and so forth. Because remember, during this time, you're still working for referrals. Right. And you want, at the end of the day, your clients to, to refer you to other people and say, listen, these guys know how to communicate. These guys kept me in the loop. And uh, and then one of the tips, uh, and I don't look forward to this, but this has now become my norm. And it's what I'm going to do after the after the webinar. Every Monday morning, I have to call every single one of my sellers whom we did not get an offer for their home over the weekend to touch base. And I'm, and I'm communicating with them all week. They, they text me all week. They call me all week, whatever the case is. Uh, I'm not waiting to, for just for Monday, but they know every Monday. They're going to get a call and it's a call. Do not text. Do not send an email. Hey, we didn't get any offers. We didn't get any traction. We didn't get any of that. Pick up the phone, have that direct conversation with them, have that tough conversation with them, and they will respect that. I'm going to do it. Michael Mayer, Seven Levels of Communication. You got to read that book. Have you, you read my read book? You've never promoted my book ever. I Mike, did your book came, is great. I but, did when it came but, out, but that was like a down. decade ago. Well, Michael Mayer's book came out two decades ago. It's, it's a really good book. Yeah, I'm getting a bell for Michael Mayer's book though from Todd. He may yeah. be getting a kickback at this point. Yeah, from I'm really not, but Mayer. probably should be. You know, but the thing here is that you know we talk about overcommunicating. Overcommunicating is when you're talking to people and it's not relevant to what their concerns are. That's overcommunicating, in my personal opinion. You know, if if so, I like to say, to, and I. Don't I don't care if you're brand new in the business, you've never had a, you know, been in this market before, you've never talked to your first seller that's house isn't selling, uh, any of these particular things. The way through, in, you know, a lack of knowledge or insecurity in the market is by asking 
questions. If you continue to ask the seller, what is it that's bothering you in today's market? You know, or again, sometimes they call you on the phone and they go, Mike, my house isn't selling. They're, they're telling you, you know, what it is right there. But at the same token, is that really the answer? Sometimes they're not really looking for the direct answer. They're looking for an understanding of why that's happening. Not so much how do we resolve it all the time, but it's why is that still, why did that happen? Well, that's a good segue to point number three is be able to clearly explain the market conditions. Clearly be able to explain the why. Why is my home sitting on the market? Why this weekend did I not get any offers on my home? Uh, be able to explain why homes are sitting and you got to know the market stats. Like I have, I have one listing. Um, this one does make me scratch my head. I mean, it is in the a, a location that is well sought after and i'm telling you i have i have i've even had an appraiser look at it we are priced right uh we're getting a lot of activity we're not getting offers and so i'm I, but so i have to be able to explain the market condition so i wrote some notes from your stats earlier so this is my conversation to be able to explain why your home is sitting on the market we've got over twenty thousand active listings on the mls and at any given time right now we have 36 people under contract. So, and, um, and I, let's see if I can read that. Yeah. And then, you know, um, and then we've had 4,000 closed in the past week. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not necessarily you, Mr. Seller. It's not necessarily your prop, your property, Mr. Seller. You're just right now a victim of the circumstances. And here are the circumstances. So you've, and for those of you that have tuned in, you, you've heard Todd's stats all right. You've got to know the market stats. You have got to be able to explain. And this is the conversation that I'm having with every seller right now. You've got to be able to explain the difference in today's values versus values from six months ago. So true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, the thing here, Mikey, and thank you for uh, for using the numbers uh, to justify your point. And that's really what it is. So it's always simple. You know, I mean, what, what time period were they thinking? Well, six months ago, a year ago, um, you know, there were only 5000 properties on the marketplace. And, you know, you had. 8,000 people in the marketplace trying to buy those 5,000 homes. So today you have 3,000, 3,500 people in the marketplace that are there trying to buy 21,000 homes. And so although that's not really true, the point meaning they're not trying to buy all those homes, but the fact that I'm trying to make is that's the selection process and that's what inventory supply and demand is done. Um, so yeah, it does make sense that you're able to pull those off. Um, and don't, you know, but again, ask the questions. What, you know, just keep asking questions until you get to the root of what the consumer's issue is and then, and then address that one issue. You don't have to give them a 30 second or a 30 minute uh, market stats breakdown. You just have to be able to answer their question. Yeah, and I'm gonna open up a Pandora's box here, so uh, you're welcome, Dwayne. Uh, but you know, provide options now. Okay, I, this might be a, a, a conversation to have. Is it, is it knock that we're used? Yes. Yeah. So knock might be an option. Okay, allow knock to come in and give you your cash and and be able to make that move. That's a, that is one of the options. Yes, knock totally. costs some money, but I'm telling you right Barely. now, the the more that the longer that that house yeah. stays on the market and you're not able to make that next move. Uh, you know, we probably in the next month or so need to start talking about seller carrybacks. You know, if if you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, if you've got a two and three quarter percent interest rate or three and a quarter percent interest rate. There might be an investor out there who wants to kind of take over your loan, mm -hmm. give you a large chunk of money or, or whatever the case is. So you need to be able to start really, you know, providing and explaining, you know, different options for people. So that is yep. our three pack tips to communicating with sellers in this market. So with that. Um, really, really excited about having our top producer here at West USA, Charles Barrett, with us. Uh, Charles is just a, uh, well, he's a top producer, top-notch agent out of the Goodyear office, but really is a master of, I mean, and I mean a, a master of bringing listings to market. For those of us in the last three years where we didn't even have to get professional photos, uh, we didn't even have to, we didn't even have to do anything with it to, to get 30 deals on, you know, uh, you know, on the table. Those days are long gone, Charles. And so we're now having to actually really work and putting together our listings. And so I'm going to actually just slide this over to you. So when you want to fast forward slides you just hit the space bar and uh, charles let's just talk about your uh, philosophy into uh, bringing um bringing properties to market 
all right, thank you so much. And, you know, you flatter me, you make my cheeks turn red, you know, with all your kind words of bringing homes to market. Um, I'll just introduce a little bit of myself and, and what I, you know, what we do. Uh, I know it's a little jumbled here, moved up in the formatting, but just a little bit about me. I've been licensed since 2013, uh, started a small team, uh, Team Kimball. Kimball's my middle name, it's Charles Kimball Barrett the cool. second. I didn't like it in high school, but um, <laughs> it, it works out, right? Uh, and this year I'm just projected to, to close just a little over 20 million in-, uh, in Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Good job. You know, and, you know, when, when I'm meeting with the sellers, uh, I, I like to break this down of what we're going to go over as far as um, it starts with expectation into echo, which you said, Mike, is definitely communication because we're we're in it for the long haul. This isn't put your house up for over the weekend and then we're done. Right. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of process involved with it. And it starts a lot with that expectation and communication. And what the expectation is that we really go over is our marketing. And then the second half is just executing our marketing and then talking about what is the performance and the data of that marketing. So, you know, it takes longer to sell. Everybody knows that now. It, before we would have to kind of put this into their head that, hey, we're at the beginning of the change, but now we're in the middle of it, right? Um, and so when we get our home, we have our listing presentation, and this is our, our pre-listing, our marketing expectation. This is what we sit down and what we promise to our sellers. We promise them traditional marketing with a little bit of a twist, right? So we have our flyers that we make for them. Uh, we have our yard signs. Our yard signs specifically, how we market our listings are giant QR codes. So we can get data and we can know that every time we put a listing up, we're going to average about 30 people scanning these signs. This is outside of calls. We set phone numbers on there. We put little writers on there to get more people through. But this this is something that we promise to our sellers, and this is a part of the communication that we can have during this longer uh, time on market period. That, is is that QR code specific to that listing? Yes. So we have to print we, a lot. We didn't get a break in the beginning when we printed these signs because usually they'll just put one in and they'll just copy them, right? But we have to, each mm -hmm. individual sign is unique. So we have to they're all one off. So we change that QR code so we can go to different websites. So you flipped uh, it on its head. Most agents add a sign writer at the bottom with the QR code. You just went, we're going full QR code, which I think is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to get it, for, uh, wanted them to be able to get it from the car. That was our, uh, that was like going thought. 45 down the road. You can scan <laughs> that QR code. So we have the size, the biggest you can I'll just hold on to my kids. Tesla <laughs> right, does that automatically now. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, and of course, we have our open house. I'll go over that strategy that we use to get the most visibility for our listings. And a lot of times, uh, the way we do it, our seller just happens to fall into our marketing bubble and uh, they get to experience our marketing firsthand. Uh, that kind of sets us apart from other agents and things like that. Of course, we do our, our virtual tours, our, our, our Matterport scans is what it is. Uh, and then we also do video marketing. Uh, we, we promise them the, uh, uh, well, this is what we do. We, we, we know that the movies are huge, right? The Mar I'm, a, I'm a nerd, okay? So I love the the Marvel movies and the Hulk and all that stuff. So the way movies come out, they don't just come out, right? They There's a, a there's usually a teaser trailer. Then there's an actual trailer. And then the movie comes out uh, for a limited release, right? And then it's everywhere. So that's how we try to do – that's what we try to do for our listings. We want to make sure that we have this grand opening strategy. And a lot of these videos that we do, this is the other side of the traditional marketing. We want to pay for these ads. We want to – drip this to our database and also to the people watching us where where is this where is the property website and these videos where do they live uh so we have them we get all of our content up front and i'll show you that in just a bit but uh what we do is they all have our la a landing page uh each property will get its own landing page when it's created uh through our crm so that qr code goes to that page when we scan the property that also goes to that landing page all right before i get blown up because once you mention <laughs> crm every single agent listening to this webinar oh is going to text in yeah. what crm are you using so we i currently use chime chime crm um honestly we i've been through boomtown through commissions inc they they're all very similar it is so true it, the best one is the one that you use we just happen to use chime okay. uh you got to go chime.me because chime is also a bank apparently so i go yep. there sometimes <laughs> uh, but when we go into it and this is a little jumbled so i apologize for the formatting but uh, when we were first meeting with that client and we're going over all these things we like to show them the market 
and uh, we'll go a little bit deeper, but I brought this up for, for anybody watching this, that slide to the right or that um, image to the right is from rapid stats through armless. And what that is, is just a, a snapshot of the market active listings. Uh, this is for the month of August uh, that we can bring up. It, it closes every month. It's, a, it's an infograph that we like this quick and easy. Like, look, this is where we're at. We're, we're up 342% on active listings. This particular one is from uh, Casa Grande. Uh, that is, I'm going to show you this property that we currently have, and it, and, and it hasn't sold yet. It's a little bit longer. So I wanted to bring true value to you guys and show you guys it's really about your conversation with these people, uh, with your sellers, because you're in it together. If you start that up front with that pre-expectations, look, they're half of the homes that have sold before, well, you know, they're gone. They're not. Those people, the buyers aren't there. And then on top of that, we have 300, you know, some odd percent more homes available. Now we can see our median, you know, price per square foot, things like that. Uh, but ultimately, we're telling this story of where we are so they can understand it's not just the comps in the closed homes because there's a market value, not just the, the comp value, to the appraisal to the to the bank, right? Because we're in that change. So when it comes to open house and, you know, to go over the the details that what we do for our open house when we're marketing is we we don't just put a sign up and say we're going to do an open house. We get data and information of the homeowners around it. Specifically, we use uh, Red X is what we use. You can get it from a title company. I'm just a little uh, micro controlling. Yeah, I like <laughs> to manage the process. Right. So I want to be able to click it myself if I wanted to. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and get about 500 to 1000 homeowners uh, contact information, phone numbers. Uh, and what we'll do from there is we'll go through slide broadcasts and we only do the ones that are, are able to be called. We don't do the do not call. So I know that there's a some agents do that. Um, I think you can actually physically call. Um, but you can't do a robo dialer uh, for those people. So we don't do uh, the automated voicemail for that. So we'll leave a voicemail saying, hey, uh, we want to grab a, a, a website that's very easy to say over the phone. And a lot of people have visual voicemail now. So I know there's a lot of people in here, but I'll tell you all my secrets. Uh, I grabbed, I couldn't get suncitywest.com, but we got westsuncity.com. So we said that over the phone. And in the voicemail, we end up having 170 some odd people go to our website from a voicemail wow. that we dropped. And then from that, we had they went to our landing page that we create for our for our signs, right? So it's all going through the same place, but I can see where it comes from. So from that, we went in and we actually were able to get people to register. From that, we sent it over. When it came into my phone, I couldn't take it. So I, I gave it to a member of my team, shout out to Kim. And she, Kim made such rapport with this with this seller uh, that she, she, I guess she makes soaps and she brought soaps to the open house because we're marketing uh -huh. for our open house. So from there, she, she loved the home. Uh, it, it didn't work out for her for that property, but we ended up signing a listing agreement together. She's a qualified buyer now. I know that's not selling the house, but this is a, a part of the marketing sure. that we do for our whole property, right? Yeah. And and it's it's literally the whole process, and that's just the open house side of it. And it, as far as that landing page, uh, we're gonna have the we lock it. We used to leave it unlocked, um, but we if it's on social media, usually we'll leave it unlocked. But what I mean by locked is that you can't see information until you put in your right. your information, right? So you put in your name, your phone number, email, things like that. So we do lock our our direct ad type uh, landing pages so that people, you know, do have to give us their information. Uh, when it comes to ads themselves, we do run Facebook and Google and things like that. A lot of times we don't do it specifically for the property. Um, sometimes we do when we, when we need to. And then the walkthrough videos, we, we, those are actually the highest uh, watched and it's there in their entirety. And they're the longest ones too on our YouTube channel. So everything I, I try to do is based off of uh, data and numbers and not how I feel, because certain things I think would on, work. <laughs> on your landing page itself, if I go to your landing page for a specific property, are the videos on that landing page? Yes. Yeah. So we, 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 we change it to where it makes sense. So for the property itself, you're always going to see the videos that we created for that particular one. But for the ones for a community, especially when we're farming, we'll switch up the video because it's not about the house necessarily. It's about that community. So with that website, we, we can change that to when we're doing another property and things like that. Um, as far as the tours, uh, this is, you know, real, you mentioned realtor tours and things like that. Uh, sometimes when you have a seller, they, they request it. Uh, it's important for, you know, if somebody's fighting with you on price reductions and feedback, it's important to get other people in there, especially if you haven't had the showing. So that's a part of it too. Uh, we don't do 
all of this for every property, but we do it as needed. And this is a tool in our tool belt when we're using our, uh, our marketing strategy for our people. And then the writers is very simple. I've never been a fan of writers, but they actually work. <laughs> you know, so you, if you saw that picture, uh, open house this Saturday, I got that from the Phoenix Association and um, it was like two bucks. And it, and it really helps, especially in a community where it's a lot more walkable, like Sun City West, or you get into the, the four corners of Litchfield Park and things like that. So moving on to our next slide here, uh, again, this, uh, I made a pretty presentation. And Mike uh, broke it. He's really good yeah. at that, Charles. That's what usually happens. I should probably take a look at things before I, uh, <laughs> before I make it go. Yeah, before yeah. I copy. Well, the most important thing on this slide is actually that telephone. You know, it's just be in communication with your people. So when we're talking about the pre-communication, before we actually hit the market or anything like that, we just want to let them know what we're going to do. We're making these promises to our sellers. We want We want them to know that we're going to deliver on what we're doing is because like you said mike when you're not in communication people everybody tells themselves stories the seller tells themselves mm. stories the buyer and like they didn't pick up because they really want to cancel it. and all this stuff right so the more you can break through and say no they didn't do that because their daughter got sick and that's why they didn't send the documents or whatever what have you we want to make sure that we're always there for our clients and letting them know this is what we're going to do and if you don't hear from me this is you know when you are going to hear from me <clears throat> and so when it comes to showing requests, feedback. We want to let them know we're going to give them everything we can and we're going to reach out to that agent even if they don't reply. Uh, but they're going to know that we did everything that we could do. Uh, also, we're going to let them know about Media Day. We want to make this a fun event. Um, we like to split it up into two days. We'll have like Lister or Sister go out and take pictures. Uh, the house is never going to be that clean, right? So we, we like to get it that same day if possible, but typically we have to do it like a second day. Hopefully the house is vacant, but that's when we get our drones. That's when we're going to get our, our Matterport scans because we don't want to be in the way of the photographers, if, especially if they're living in the property, things like that. And then uh, we want them involved in the process. I want the, I want to, they're excited. They got all these pictures. I want to send them a link so they can take a look. Hey, here's what we got. And it just preps the, the seller for this long journey that we're going to be going on, right? That's good stuff. It is really good stuff. Uh, and then just to get into the actual of doing what we're doing, um, the marketing strategy, uh, we, we just try to push it everywhere. Uh, once it's up and we, we really just want to execute on everything that we said. So it shouldn't be too much more than just doing what we said we're going to do, right? Uh, we also do social posts and those are twofold. And the reason I say that is because yes, it's for the property, but it's also for you, the agent, uh, the best way to, uh, be able to market your listing, especially on social, is to not always just be marketing listings on social. So we'll 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 spice it up by not necessarily having the ad or the landing page that we'll do for our sign, but we'll do, hey, I'm hammering in this open house sign that I'm doing this weekend, or hey, this is a cool property, and I just wanted to show you guys this, and we'll put a link um, to that landing page on the. Uh, in the comments. We usually don't put it on the uh, actual post. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but um, I saw Mark Zuckerberg do it once. It was like, <laughs> for those Ray-Ban glasses that they have. So I was like, maybe that is just strategy. Uh, but snail mail, uh, when we're doing, this is just for our farming. We don't usually do this on a, a ton of our properties, but for when they're in our farm, we actually mail that out as well. And then um, uh, we refresh our cash offer. So a lot when we were in that listing appointment, we do this isn't as cool anymore because they're offering like regular investors so they're not as sexy the offers uh but you know if the house has been on the market for a while and you're having these difficult conversations with your with your sellers i'll just if, especially if there's nothing else that to talk about right there's been no showings and you've done open houses to you're blue <laughs> in the face and then there's just this period of this this stagnation of this property so what we'll do is we'll go in and just hey let me just refresh the offers and usually they're lower but sometimes they're higher you'd be surprised and we'll, we'll just submit it like hey this guy still wants to offer this so at least we know this is the bottom right and a lot of sellers are still up on equity everybody who bought since what 2009 is, is up on their properties even though we're in the shifting market right so this is just what we do as far as uh just marketing in our people and the last thing I'll show you guys, uh, expectations, this looks all jumbled, um, but this is that property I talked to you guys about. Um, and I zoomed in, maybe not on this one, but you, maybe you can see it's been on the market for about 80 days. Um, so when I'm talking to my sellers and I'm having this update, um, that bottom left corner 
is armless. And I'll look at everything that's coming soon, pending, closed. I drew it out a mile. It just worked out exactly to be a mile. Um, and I'll go back just from, oh, usually I do three months. I did it from after the change. And that's going to be uh, June, June 20 something is what it shows. And I, I this is from the class actually from West USA Realty. Uh, we had an appraiser come out to our Goodyear office just last Tuesday. And this is what they, they recommend of how he does a quick snapshot of the market. And this is what I do for my clients. So you highlight that area and we click the little CMA button. And then there's a, you review all the stats and it's a statistical, if I could say it, uh, CMA. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll be able to see, hey, seller. And this is literally right now after this, I'm going to be talking to my seller about this. So I, I brought it up for you guys. There's 20 or excuse me, there's 19 listings that are active. There's one that went pending. And the price is way lower than our price. And this is from, from June, right? And then we can see the closed properties and the pricing and things like that. So we can speak to the data. What's not in here is, are the days on market. There hasn't been anything that has gone under contract in the last three months in this area, which is weird. It's so weird. And the ones that there, there are homes selling, she's positioned specifically by new builds. So that's what we can't see, right? So the new builds that are going under contract is what is was really killing her. She's wedged in between like two of them. So even though the new builds pricing is a little bit higher than hers, the buyers are flocking that way simply because of all the incentives they're giving away the farm, right? So now I can speak to her and tell her, I can interpret and, and tell, talk to her about these numbers. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, lo I love this because totally. I always say numbers don't lie. And so, and, and I know for sellers, there's there's obviously, and rightfully so, a lot of emotion involved. And nobody likes to, anyone to call their baby ugly. Everybody thinks <laughs> their house is better than the other ones. And everybody thinks that they're an expert yep. as, as well. But at the end of the day, that's why this is so important because you can't argue. The, the numbers are the numbers. Yeah, this is true. And then I, and from that, I always send them to, I'll always send them a link for all of those properties as well. So they can peruse through all the pictures. Yes. So, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, if I, if I've been, well, I should be, but if I've been on the inside of their house, I know what the inside of their house looks like. Uh, and I'm looking, and I know what I'm about to send them and I'm looking at the pictures. You're not, you're also numbers don't lie, but you can't come back at me and say, well, my house is much better. Well, it's not because here are the pictures. Yeah, they have this uh, stone from Jerusalem that they input for their backsplash. Right? <laughs> you know, this pool yeah. was, you know, that, and, you, and they can clearly see it. And you know up front by having that conversation. And that's why I know I keep coming back to it. That's the most important thing. Uh, just as important as the marketing is setting up that expectation. Just like you said, Mike, you know, you are not here to lie to people and we have to tell them the truth. And sometimes it hurts. And if you take that listing because they want to start high and then drop, well, the market's going to drop right out from under you. And you're going to be on the market. You're going to sit longer than everybody else because there's one or two buyers that come around about once a month, it looks like right now, and at least in you know certain areas, right? And what's happening is they're just not going to buy your house. They're not going to talk you down. They're not going to negotiate with you because this other people, these other people have dropped their price 20000 and they're ready to go and they're motivated, right? Um, so that, that says a lot to the market. So communication, uh, definitely at least one to three times a week. Uh, definitely one of them has to be a phone call. A lot of that communication can be, hey, this is the feedback that we got from that, you know, sure. from the open house, or this is from the showings, or hey, we are gonna set you up or on the tour or whatever it is. Uh, and definitely pick up the phone. Um, and any news is communication. You Sometimes we get personally tied to the result and yes, it's our job to help sell that house, um, but the market is still the market and you can't fight the market, right? It is going to do what it's going to do. So don't be afraid to pick up that phone and, and update your seller and let them know what's going on because that's that's our job. And the market's shifted. So of course, Mike, right? It has. You know, this is the time when before bit. things were happening so quickly, every time you communicated with your client, you were telling them about what's already taken place. Now, all of a sudden there's a lull and you have to tell, you have to have a, a conversation with them about why nothing's taking place. No. Yeah. And it's a totally different conversation. However, um, things like open houses, and I'm really, really excited, Charles, that you brought up the open house thing because so many practitioners, real estate practitioners today are no longer are doing open houses. In fact, there's sentiment all over the industry. 
that open houses don't work. And it's sad because open houses, if you structure them, now, Charles, you were talking about going out and selecting a thousand homes around that area. Mike, you and I typically are in that 250 property range, 250 properties around. You get the lender to invite them to the open house and you talk to the 10 people across the street and the five on either side of your listing and you invite them to a special pre-show. You know, you do all these different, those things that we are now not doing are the little things that need to be yeah. done to position yes, your seller in this marketplace. Well, and here's the deal. This is what I'm, I'm telling. And I am seeing a lot of success. Agents are having a lot of success with open houses is right now. The majority of people that are g taking the time to going into an open house are somewhat serious. Mm -hmm. They're they're so You know, they're, they haven't been scared off. There's not as I guess there's not as many looky loos going into open houses right now unless they're neighbors, uh, because a lot of buyers are scared off because of interest rates. And so they're just flat out, in my opinion, not really going to open houses. So you may not have as many people going through your open house, but I would contend that you have a higher probability of converting one of them into a potential buyer, at least having a deeper conversation to the point where you're collecting names, phone numbers and email addresses. Definitely. I agree with that 100%. And I'll tell anybody listening, uh, I, we, I, I'm a part of the West USA coaching. And one of my coaching participants, uh, she for a month, she did open house. So she did four, right? In that month, she closed two buyers directly from that open house. And this is like just last month. This is when it was hotter, even hotter than still yeah, hot. We, we, have a, we have a listing. <laughs> this is that one that I can't, I feel like it's priced there, right? And it's out in Ahwatukee. It's a, it's a great one, you know, $675,000 purchase price, which those are nice buyers. And we, for four weeks in a row, uh, we did, uh, we had different West USA agents hold that house open and every single weekend, and I didn't get the stats from this past week, but every single weekend, an agent doing an open house got a buyer or a seller and one agent on one, one of the Saturdays got a buyer and then got another buy sell. That's oh, amazing. Wow. And it's just, but, but when you take a look at the overall numbers, not as many people walking through the open house. Exactly. Yeah, we've seen across the board people talking about how traffic is down, but those agents who are still being intentional on doing an open house, they're not just showing up Saturday morning, throwing a couple signs on the corners and saying, hey, my house is open. They're actually generating good leads from these uh, open houses or finding business. So we've got a couple of questions come in, Charles. And so this one question talks about the what your opinion is um, on Matterport and if they, you see them value to your marketing strategy and this, a newer agent came to you and said, do you think that Matterports are valuable? How would you respond to them? If I was newer, um, I probably wouldn't do them because there is a cost and there's a lot of time involved in it. Um, but it, it, it's like extra icing on the cake. Yeah. So that's why we do it. Um, if I'm prioritizing it, maybe not as much, but you still get that wow factor when people are clicking through and they can actually see the home. And we use it as a, another marketing piece, too. So when you do a Matterport, you get this uh, 360 view. So it, it'll look around in the kitchen and it'll jump out of the house. and You can see the entire floor plan, the whole property. And then from there, it'll jump back in. Uh, usually a bedroom, but sometimes the kitchen. Um, if you guys have Matterport, you know, but it, it's, it's just really, this really cool, easy thing. And you don't have to do anything. You just post it. And here's the link to the landing page, right? Well, and I, I would say too, I've had, you know, I've had in the last couple months, some sellers for whatever reason, and they didn't quite ask for Matterport, but, but providing a video tour, a virtual video tour was like, that was what got them to sign mm -hmm. the dotted line. Was yeah. they wanted a video, which again hadn't done it in a couple of years because there, there's no need to. But then going back to some of the the software that we provide, some of the tools that we provide our agents, um, and my, the name of it's ex escaping me. Circle Picks. Circle Picks. I only talk about it every single yep. month, uh, but Circle Picks <laughs> will automatically do some of this stuff for you and create a a page if you if you don't have the time to go as extensive as Charles does. So there's some there's some stuff that West USA provides in that respect. And I, I don't have the stat off the top of my head. Zillow had put out something that talked about Matterport 3D walkthroughs and videos, including in marketing for listings. They were selling 30% faster uh, than oh, wow. other listings on the marketplace because that's what buyers are looking for. And as, as listing agents get frustrated or newer listing agents get frustrated on why their market, their houses aren't selling, if you've priced correctly and you've done all the extra marketing pieces, that's what buyers are looking for. They're looking for that differentiator. You need to make it easier for buyers to search and to look at listings because that's the world that we currently live in. 
Um, we did have another question come in, and I'm just going to pose this to the group. Um, we'll definitely talk about this over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Charles is an amazing listing agent. When we talked about this for this three-week campaign, we talked about marketing listings. He was the first one that popped up because even with COVID, Charles still did all of these things uh, with the hot market. And so this question's a little bit off topic, but I still think you guys could all touch on it. So the question is, and I think it's a little more common today than it's been, can you comment on a seller who believes they're not overpriced and tell you that if that the only way they're going to lower their price is by going FISBO? So I just open that up to the three of you. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll start. First of all, FISBO is always an option, but uh, we do have a, uh, a, a listing agreement signed. So um, if you do want to cancel the listing, you know, with me, um, comes at a cost. It's going to, it's going to come. I mean, that's getting, that's when it really gets bad and yep. they're, they're ready to cancel it. I mean, because, you know, so it's going to cost you anyways. Uh, we're not going to let sellers off the hook in most, in most cases, but that just goes back to, I guess, really the three pack and just, um, and then to Charles points, numbers don't lie. I know you think your house is not overpriced, but here, here is your market. Here is your neighborhood. Here are the stats. Because I, 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 and, and where I'm disagreeing with some people is, is just because a home is not selling doesn't necessarily mean it's overpriced because there's so much opportunity and you're going to have to be a little, buyers are a little just more choosy uh, and or choosy. That's, just, you know, but just, there's a lot more choices, a lot more options and a lot more room for them to, to be picky. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I want to remind everybody is is that it's it's a very fine line between telling someone something and leading them to coming to that realization all by themselves. And if you're a good realtor, you're leading people to come to their own decisions that you want them to come to. And so you have to think about, okay, this client is all a warm and fuzzy client. This client's a st statistician. This client's, a, and you have to know what it is that they need to see, bring and send or, you know, share with them what's going on. You know, to Mike's point, you know, yes, you, you don't, you believe your house is worth this, but everybody else's house in your neighborhood selling and yours isn't so what are you extrapolating from that information exactly you know ask them what they're pulling out of that information again i go back to the asking questions part yeah and i think having these conversations over time consistently is going to lead to the information of your story being valid and you know if that seller is overpriced right uh, well you we can clearly see that that one buyer that actually bought in this community didn't buy your house they bought the one that was cheaper that we've been watching that was your closest competition right so you can't win them all we charge fees you know when people cancel things like that i, I personally don't want to i have two little kids and you know we're doing property management there's a lot of things going on we got a team i don't want to be married to a seller uh, that is very unreasonable. And if I've done all this stuff, first of all, we're going to know a lot. We'll know up front in that expectation meeting. We just won't take the listing. But ultimately, you're going you're, you're gonna to know you've done everything you can possibly do for this person. And they're just being unreasonable. Um, so, so that's what I have for that. I love when you said, we just don't take that listing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What about, are you, uh, we're now, I mean, I haven't really thought about it, but are you now, because you are doing Matterport, you're doing a lot of these, uh, things. Are you charging any upfront retainer fees or thought about charging upfront retainer fees? Cause there is that box. Yeah. <laughs> we've ER. charged retainer fees for the buyers. Um, honestly, during the pandemic when it, it was just so many buyers, right? That's when we charge because our time, but I'm talking about on the listing side, on the listing side, we do not, okay. we do not charge the list. Not yet. Yeah. You have to be <laughs> careful, uh, on the on the retainer retainers for uh for research consultation and other services is what the document says and other services everybody seems to want to throw in an admin fee a technology fee and the department of real estate's real clear on this you can't do that any of your costs of sale, uh, you cannot charge a separate line item. You can have an a la carte service that's different, but you can't charge the consumer additional fees over and above your commission for those costs of sale. So the, the commissioner was was really, really strong on that. But you could, Mike. But we got the box in there on the well, ER. No, but so wait a minute. I'm going to charge you an extra. 
an upfront thousand dollars for marketing. Yes. So, and golf. So well, yeah, well golf. you were good until you said golf. So the consumer, um, you can if they say to you, you know, Charles, I want my property listed in Phoenix Magazine, or I want it in the Rob Report, or I want it in Dupont Registry, or you know, Luxury Magazine, whatever, um, and you know that's going to be a three thousand one time shot advertisement, it is acceptable for you to say to the consumer, because you said you want to be in this instrument, you know, uh, that we're going to charge you this retainer fee up front to cover that cost. But again, you have to be very, very careful. My recommendation is before you do that, contact the broker. All right, Charles, we got about a minute left. Let's, uh, I mean, we're kind of throwing you now really last second, but yes, sir. tell us a little bit about your team. Are you looking to expand your team and, yes. and so forth? I'd love to promote your team. I appreciate that. So if you flip the next slide, um, what we i we have a website sometimes people want to join the team um, you can just go to jointeamkimble.com and you'll fill out like three questions like most of it's your information so you know the answer um and then we can and if sit you down don't this is the wrong industry <laughs> <laughs> yes so uh this is my contact information my cell phone my email things like that um i do want to do a shameless plug outside of the team though so this Tuesday, which is tomorrow and Wednesday. If you are part of the Phoenix Association of Realtors, please vote for me. I am running for to be one of the members of the board of directors for the Phoenix Association of Realtors. So you will get an email from from uh, Phoenix Realtors. And uh, yeah, so go ahead and click. Yeah, that. we need to get that on the Facebook. Yeah, pages. send me over. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, Nick will promote that. That's awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah so uh, Charles runs a fantastic team. Uh, I know last week we talked about the the value of being part of a team, and obviously listening to Charles's presentation, for some of you it it makes sense. So if you're interested, in, and again, you know, I know clicking on that that link and having a conversation with Charles does not obligate you for anything, but you're gonna have a great dialogue, and you're gonna learn why we had Charles on the webinar today. So yeah. Charles, thanks for uh, joining so us today. Appreciate it. All right, leave you with the quote of the day. Two quotes of the day. This is from Susan Herber's Coffee Cup. Don't trust a real estate agent that doesn't drink coffee. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, the real one for Dwayne Fouts. Don't care about who is right, care about what is right. That is such a Amen broker. That. That's that is awesome, such a broker sir. thing. All right, appreciate everybody joining us today. Go out and sell a home.